Welcome to Shofar Ronnebosch Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. I'm going to take the opportunity this morning while I'm sharing um, just to share a few things with you. Um, and I'm going to speak about Pentecost a bit later, but first I just want to give you a few bits of feedback and updates about the church. And I realized that we are here all week and things move quickly and a lot of things happen and uh, we don't always realize that everyone doesn't know. And so many amazing um, things that we get to hear and I'd love for you to also be encouraged by it. So I do want to just share a few things specifically around what God is doing through us as a congregation and where he's taking us. And um, we had the privilege this week of just having a receivers evening at our house on Thursday. Who was there? Yeah, some of you. Um, and it's just, so we try to do it once a term, just invite people who've been coming to church newly um, to our house, just get opportunity to speak to you. And um, just, I'm so encouraged to hear your stories. Thank you for sharing, Noe, Shemaine, um, and those of you who were there. Oh, it's just incredible to hear, you know, God does, God is always at work. God is always busy. And it's not more or less glorious when he, when everyone in Parliament prays, which happens the last few weeks, I don't know if you know, um, or when he works through an individual's life. It's equally glorious. And it's just always so encouraging to hear it. And I can tell you, I can give you a report back um, that God is working in people's lives. And that, you know, we've heard so many stories on Thursday evening. We were 17 people. So effectively, we had 17 stories of how God is working in people's lives um, on an individual level in the way that he loves them specifically for where they're at right now, for what he's done in their lives. Um, God is so busy. He's, there's so many things that he's doing, and it's such a privilege for us to be able to see that. So two weeks ago, um, Derek and Beryl were here. Um, Puffet, they are from Pretoria. They run the Alal Ministries that we really partner with. Um, they specialize, that ministry specializes in emotional healing. They're incredible at what they do. Um, Derek and Beryl on their 60s, 70s. They've been around the block. Um, they are some of the people that myself and Raina are very grateful for to have relationship with and to learn from. Um, they really have so much wisdom, so much to give. They came to see our building um, as we have relationship with them, we've been telling them, you know, taking them along on the journey as we've been going. And um, so they know the miracle of the building. And so they wanted to come see and pray with us. And we met here last Friday morning. And we were praying together. And they had a scripture for our building that I, that I wanted to share with you. And um, it's from Isaiah 11. And I'm just going to read some of the verses. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the people, 
Of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. He will raise a signal for the nations, and will assemble the banished of Israel, and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And there will be a highway from Assyria for the remnant that remains of his people, as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. Jamie, if you can show us the picture of the, just the, the branch coming from the stump. Yes. So I drew that last year based on Isaiah 11, just the Lord speaking to me of our church. And it says, they shall come forth a shoot from the stump. And this is a real thing that happens from in, with trees, <laughs> if you know, that sometimes a shoot comes from a stump. And um, shortly after I drew that, I felt the Lord said to me the next bit, and a branch from his root shall bear fruit. So I painted in the fruit. And, um, but I felt like we were still with the season of this, this shoot, the first one, the branch of Jesse. Jesse being the father of David, speaking of the lineage of Jesus. And we used that picture to, to plan our year. And um, it's only in the last few weeks that I felt the Lord said, it's the time where the branch will bear fruit. And it was incredible not having ever shared any of this, of this with Derek and Beryl or them having seen the pictures that they came in. And this is the scripture that they felt for this building. And if you walk out today, so this building was um, built by the for the first Freiburgers, um, so when they first came to Cape Town, so this building was built in 1657 and 1658. For those of you who know your history, Jan van Riebe came in 1652. And it's the first, one of the first places that they built for the farmers who didn't work anymore for the, with, um, I don't know the English, but anyways, Fear was here. And um, Dutch East Company, I think. Dutch East Indian Company, um, and, and it allowed them to farm by themselves. And, you know, um, they, we know that there's, they, they, there's history, but the history is not called facts. There's so much spiritual behind that. There's so much emotion behind that. And it's so relevant to us as a country how something started and some things that didn't start the best way that it could have and things that that happened that wasn't right. And um, we're very aware that even the way that this building looks provokes that. Um, but God gave us this building, and you know what Jesus always does? He always, when he, when he works, like he's working in our country, and he's working in our country in a really big way. And I encourage you to open your eyes and see it. You know, when, when it was voting time, um, and we were even deciding who to vote for, it's, it's like when I prayed about it, one of the realizations that I had is, um, yes, we should pray about who we vote for and we, we should make good and wise decisions and these ways to think about that. But you can never pin it on a political party to be the savior of our country, whoever, anybody. Jesus is the savior of our country and we can't limit the way in which he will do it. We have to trust him. We have to walk with him in relationship. And um, you know what Jesus always does? When he's working somewhere, he goes right to the root of the problem. And I believe here we're sitting on something right now in this very moment, sitting on the very ground that represents some of the roots of the problems. 
And what a privilege that God would entrust this to us to steward wisely and to, to allow him to come in at the root and change all our hearts and bring repentance and bring forgiveness and, and bring redemption that he wants to bring. So this was a stable. If you walk outside, there's that awkward space with the little holes. Do you know what that is? <laughs> it's called a dove goat. So it's where they used to keep the doves. And then the next part of the building is, was a stable. And then the house where we, that we're renting out, where we have communion living, that was a house. It's actually half of the original house um, because the rest was destroyed over the years. But the dove coat, so which is next to this building, so you can go check afterwards. Do you know what they use the doves for? Messages. Okay, it was like the posting system. Um, and when Derek and Beryl prayed for the building, Derek said God showed him that part. So this is a heritage building, which means by the law of the country, you, there's a lot of about the building that you cannot change. And that's why um, the floor still <laughs> looks the way it does. And why we still haven't broken out that wall and just, you know, made a big enough room for all of us. And we're really contending for those things. And please pray with us um, for the Lord's will and those things. We're definitely respecting all the heritage rules. Um, but even things where there aren't rules, there's just long processes <laughs> to get around. But um, one of the things that Derek and Beryl said was that the Lord showed them that dove coat. And Derek was saying that um, God is showing him. So it used to be for doves who took messages all over the country. So the dove is also a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And he said it's a picture of God taking his prophetic word from this place by his spirit all over the country and then also bringing it back. Um, and the, there are six arches. They kind of look like these ones in front of that dove goat. And he said this is what he felt the Lord showed him. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This speaks of all of us. I mean, this really speaks of Jesus, but it's a picture of all of us. So have you heard about the sevenfold Spirit of God? Today's Pentecost, we're specifically speaking about the Holy Spirit. This is the scripture that describes the sevenfold Spirit of God. It's not really seven spirits, one Holy Spirit, but seven ways in which he operates. And the first one is the Spirit shall rest upon him. Okay, so this is you this morning. And when we finish off the service, I'm going to pray for you for that as well. So the first of the seven is each one of us. The Spirit will rest upon us. Then here's the other six. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he said he felt the six arches represented the six manifestations of the Spirit of God. And there's only six because the seventh one is the Spirit on you. And we've met with an artist who does, um, who works with metal, wood, and stone, Christian artist, and we're looking into, we explained this to him, and we're looking into creating something in that space that would visually represent this, um, which would, I think, really be amazing. And if you even stand back, so what I also want to share with you this morning is just the ways in which God is guiding us. So, um, I actually wanted to give you more detail about the feedback on the renovations, but I didn't get to getting all that together. Um, but I really want to say, you know, sometimes when I'm here at the office and I walk through one of the other buildings, I work 
my office is in the nursing room, <laughs> for obvious reasons that's soon going to be relevant. Um, but when I walk through some of the other buildings, sometimes I, I'm completely blown away by how much is happening. There's walls that weren't there and things are suddenly painted and um, so many people are volunteering and working so hard. And some of you maybe only ever come into this building and maybe only still see the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so what I do want to tell you this morning is that a lot is happening and there's so much progress. And um, I will at some point try to make a video and send it out to all of you to actually show you what's happening um, so that you can also know. Um, but what I also want to share with you this morning, um, just from our thinking in terms of what God wants to do with this building um, and, and where we're also taking that. So Derek and Beryl prayed with us, Isaiah 11, the Lord is confirming it, and we're looking into kind of visually representing that there by the arches and very encouraging to hear the word of the Lord about the Holy Spirit and the prophetic messages, knowing that the prophetic is a big part of the calling of our church. Then also Michelle has designed for us um, logos to represent our five values. Can we see those? So if you start from the left at the top, knowing God is our first value as a church. Living with fire, second one, my favorite and very relevant today. On the right, being together, community. On the left at the bottom, cultivating awareness, speaking about how we see each other and how we see what God is doing and, and the, the way he brings us together. And the last one at the bottom, intentionally outward. So, you know, um, there's two ways of thinking about church. You can think about church as a triangle. And it's like, the thing. if, if your church is a triangle, then the pastor's at the top, right? The leader of the church. And it's like, really what we want to do is you want to have as many good church goers as possible then that's like the bottom okay we have one have like this nice big foundation and then it's kind of like um your your spiritual journey will be you become a leader in church and then you know like maybe a small group leader and then maybe like a ministry leader and then if you like really graduate you become the pastor <laughs> okay and, but it's a triangle so there's only really space for like one or two or three at the top um, you know, so you really have to kind of fight your way up like a company or, um, you know, there's not like, there's a big competition for you. And when you're not at the top, then you're at the bottom. Okay, then there's that way of thinking about church, which says that the leader of the church is at the bottom. And we create, we want to trust the Lord to grow people who are amazing Christians in the world, kingdom people. And Everyone is growing with God. Not everyone is meant to be the leader of the church. So there's no ladder of your Christian journey that you climb in leadership in the church and you end up at the top. You climb the ladder that the Lord gives you and there's millions of them because this is open-ended. And God uses you as a surgeon or he uses you as a nurse or he uses you as a stay-at-home mom or he uses you as a teacher. And there's no limit to how much the Lord wants to use you. And um, in, in that line as well, as you've been seeing a little bit, we're going to, um, from August, we're really going to change <coughs> how we do offering. Um, and we're going to have a rotation where, specifically as Megan has started a little bit, we're just going to formalize that more, where we want to celebrate what God is doing in the kingdom through your life. 
And, you know, there's, um, does church have a role in this? I believe it does. You can get sermons online on any topic that you want. You can probably get better ones than you can get here. You can get any speaker in the world probably online. Um, you can get amazing worship sets online from the best, most anointed bands in the world. So you can really make up your own Sunday services online. I'm sure some of you have seen that video of the guy who wakes up with like a virtual church. He just put on the glasses and it's like all there and you can select, you know, do you want the Baptist service or Pentecostal service? Do you want prayer? And then they're like, if you choose the Pentecostal service, just watch out at the end. You need to be by a bed because that's where you're going to fall. <laughs> but when we come together this morning, there's corporate worship that happens in this room that does not happen on the Facebook live feed. You can watch it on Facebook. And I'm not saying that you can't worship, you can. You can put a worship set on your TV and worship and really connect with God. Yet there's something that happens in this room that's not happening over the internet. There is the pre manifest presence of God in this place, within the community of believers, within his bride. You know, if, is the church still relevant in this picture? Yes, because Jesus says it is. He says he's coming back for his bride. There's something that happens relationally among us that cannot happen if you're not in this room. And that is important. And that is what God is, is also doing. And that is part of how we become big kingdom people in the world. It's, be, it's because we are coming together. It's because of what God is doing with his corporate presence amongst us and between each other that enables us to go this way. So based on our five values, we're going to rotate the Sundays, like the first Sunday of the month, the second Sunday of the month. And on, based on the five values, we'll be giving opportunity to celebrate what God is doing through the members' lives in church every week. And we're going to start that in August. So I'm just kind of giving you a little bit of a heads up. And then just another testimony. Um, you can put Pastor Poncho on there, Jamie. I think it's one back. So um, we have Songs of the Prophets, which is an event that we've done twice, where we allow prophetic songs from anywhere. We get submissions from all over the country. And then we choose the most relevant ones, and we let them be performed um, aboard Jesus that who's from different churches and ministries and um, one of the inspirations for this event was the story of Pastor Pancho from um, Juarez in New Mexico which was the murder capital of the world he was a pastor God said him give over your church so he raised up a leader he gave it over rent a tent in town put it up you go every morning you fast for 40 days and every morning you declare the word of the prophetic word of the Lord he did that Got there the first morning, no one, no one came. Got up, pro proclaimed the prophetic word of the Lord to an empty tent. A reporter, coincidentally, saw what was happening, thought it was hilarious. Spoke to his newspaper. The newspaper said, this would be an amazing story. Go every morning, write it all down, or publish it, thinking it will be like a spectacle. So they did that. Of course, it was the genuine word of the Lord. So actually, everyone got it because it was in the newspaper and soon people flocked and there was a massive revival and you can research this from secular sources national geographic was one of, one of the um, groups who did the, the stats and the research there's never been a turnaround in a town like in juarez 
it, was, it went from murder capital of the world to no murders at all. So it was like completely run by um, gangs and mafia and cartels and drugs and shooting everywhere. And it completely turned around through this revival. And myself and Rona read this story, and this was one of the things that inspired us with Songs of the Prophets, where the Lord said to us, you just create a platform for my prophetic word to be spoken over your town. And the prophetic word released from God changes nations. And um, my friend Megan from CCFM phoned me, and she, because I spoke about this on radio, and she realized that they were interviewing this guy, Pastor Poncho. And she phoned me, she said, we actually, it's this guy, he's coming tomorrow, you better listen. I said, no, I better meet him. <laughs> and um, she said, well, I don't even have his number. And I said, well, ask him. <laughs> and um, eventually I got the number of the person that he's traveling with, um, Graham, from YWAM. And I phoned him and I said, you know, can we meet him? He said, well, he's only in Cape Town for two days. He's like fully booked. I said, just 15 minutes somewhere. And he said, well, it's not really going to work. And, but this, we're going to this other meeting. It's like, oh, we're also going to this meeting, a love Cape Town meeting. And he said, well, come after the meeting. Just come to the front and you can meet him. Okay, so the meeting's not even finished. I'm sneaking up because a lot of people are going to want to meet him. And Rainer's like, ask him to lunch. I said, well, I, you know, I've really pushed it already. But okay. So I said, well, can we take you guys to lunch? And he eventually said, okay, you can take us to lunch, but only 30 minutes. We only have 30 minutes. I said, that's fine. We took them to a restaurant, um, and they just stayed for three hours. <laughs> and Pastor, I ordered everything before they came. The food was already on the table. You know, I was diligent from my side that we are going to make 30 minutes work. <laughs> but they just stayed. And um, Pastor Poncho told us, you know, some of his stories, and he asked about our church, and he spent quite some time praying for me and Raina and the church. So I could just testify of the one thing that I keep realizing is how big the kingdom is and how good God is, that God would give us this treat of meeting this person who inspired Obviously, we told him about Songs of the Prophets, and we gave him a CD, and, and obviously that was very encouraging to him. And in the insert of the CD, he's mentioned, actually. And um, how amazingly God is working all over the world and how powerful he is to bring people and things together. And, you know, he gave Reno his number and he said, no, like, let's keep in contact. And, you know, something that you wouldn't think that would necessarily happen, um, God is just really busy. And I think that's really what I wanted to share this morning um, from a prophetic point of view, for our congregation specifically, God is so busy. He's doing so much. There's so many dreams in his heart, and we get to be a part of it. And I believe really what he's calling each one of us to is surrender. Um, God invites us into these plans. Isn't that amazing? You know, I've, I've met him, and he's had so many times had like a price on his head, obviously because he's really causing all the cartels to fall apart. Um, so it's like people say, if you kill him, we'll give you whatever, $100,000 or whatever. Um, and he's just fearless. He's really a giant in the faith, you know, and just to be able to meet him. Um, God is so busy. There's so many things that God wants to do. There's so many things that he's doing over, over the world. And there's so many things that he wants to use this building for and that he wants to use us for. And it's a bit mind-blowing because, you know, 
who are we really? But that's not the point. The point is, who is Jesus really? And who is the Holy Spirit? And I know what he is calling each one of us is just to that surrender. He's actually inviting each one of us. And don't have it in your mind that you're not good enough or you're not, you're just some little person. That's a lie. He's inviting each one of us in this congregation into his plans. And it's not a place of striving and pushing forward. It's a place of surrender. And I want to encourage you to find the specific place that God is, is calling you into. And then, obviously, we, I know that it still says Center for Conflict Resolution outside. <laughs> okay, so we're really working on that. So the one sign we want to put up is the chauffeur sign. So that's, at the moment, our plan. Um, so hopefully we'll get that up soon, the chauffeur sign. That's on the right. That's the artist that we're asking to potentially work with that works with metals and wood and stuff. And um, then my sister, we, we had a, a design brief, and we asked a lot of different graphic designers um, if they would design a logo specifically for this venue. We believe, you know, there's dreams about, we definitely want to, we have a prayer room already, but we want to expand it over time to be 24-7 and open to anyone. Um, there's dreams about recording studios, dance studios, art exhibitions, um, different ministries, so many things that the Lord wants to do here. So we want to be get ourselves ready for that. So we got two submissions for logos, and we had a whole group who tested it, and we eventually they chose my sister's one. My sister's a graphic designer, and I'm honest. And we've been working on it. And if you go to the next one, this is where we're at. Yeah, for a logo for this venue. I think it's really nice. And we, we're looking at maybe having that also... Um, created in metal, different kinds of metal, may, maybe even in layers with depth, this kind of thing. It's, like, it's what we're thinking of perhaps making it. So if you just go back, that's um, what God has been speaking just for years, is the three keys, the lion, the eagle, and the oak tree. And the, the double H is for harvest hope. And... Um, the hope and the flame are red because my sister, we kept asking for things um, in the logo and she kept saying, you know, based on graphic design principles, you can't really have like 21 symbols in your logo. <laughs> Me being prophetic, I keep going, but this is actually relevant and God has actually spoken about this and there's this scripture and there's that symbol and there's this thing. And she always tells me about um, clients that she has and they, they're kind of like, I want a logo, but it's got to be a palm tree and a coconut and a flamingo and this letter and that thing and she's kind of like <laughs> and she puts it all together and she's like Ooh, and then the client's like I love it and she's like Ooh, okay <laughs> so at one point I said to her am I becoming the pineapple lady and she said yes you're becoming the pineapple. <laughs> okay so she said what is the one thing that God is saying to the church and to the venue and I said, we said the one thing that God is saying is hope this is the one thing. That's why it's in a different color with the flame. And obviously we know that the hope comes from Jesus. And through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, which is what Pentecost is about. So you can move to the next one. Just a simplified version that we can use. And then, and I'm actually not going to speak about this a lot um, because I want to pray for you. Um, but let me just mention, in, as we've been planning the whole year, and I think we, we've really set this year out with the f dividing the year in between our five values as a focus and having specific key events. And, and I think we've 
we've put so much into that that I think this will become what we repeat every year. We'll repeat the pattern that we've started this year, I believe this is the season for us. And um, something specifically that we plan for this year is what we call church campaign. And, and that is still as planned, going to be in August. And can you believe it, the, the last Sunday, we didn't think of it like this, but the last Sunday is the 1st of September, which is spring day. And the theme that we felt for, for so church campaign is three weeks in a row um, where we trust God for three things. We trust him for the harvest. We trust for a clear representation of who we are as a church so that people will know whether this is their home or not. And we're trusting for just to launch the venue as well because hopefully by that time we'll have more space and we'll be able to do it properly. Um, and just geographically also help people see who we are and why we are here. Um, and that's going to be in um, August and September. And I will send out the dates to everyone, so I'm not going to read through all of it now. But um, what you want to be doing is just trust the Lord for the right people to invite. And we've, the theme we felt was a new thing. And the three weeks will work like this. The first week, so you know, people encounter God differently. Okay, some people love the supernatural. Okay, that's me. So, you know, when I became a Christian, I didn't, I didn't have to understand it. It doesn't really matter to me. I do now, and I've, I've, I've really studied apologetics because it matters to other people. But it actually does not matter to me, if you can explain it. I just want to feel it. I want to see it. I want to see the miracle. I want to see the power of God. I want to see the prophetic. I want to see the word. I want to see the healing. That's what I love. Some people are like that. Some people want to really understand it. Okay, that it needs to make sense. It needs to be explainable. It needs to be defendable. And the gospel is. And Jesus does make sense. And it, the gospel is defendable. Okay, so the first week, we're going to aim our representation of the gospel and who we are as a church a lot on the supernatural. So if you go to, um, yes, so if you go one up, this is what Lazan drew. Don't you think it's beautiful? Inspired by, um, you know, the blue plates, those blue plates. I love it. The actual picture of the venue. And she put a little dove in the middle, in the top coat. I was like, is that a dove? She's like, yes, I like it. And even if you see in the middle of the dove coat, if you go outside the building, it's got that little triangle. Oh, actually, Jamie, go back to that HH, please. Carla's one. The two H's, my sister made it to represent the building. So the, the two in the middle is the dove coat, and then it's the two stables on the side. And obviously, the power of the Holy Spirit is central, and it's at the top. So if you go back to Lausanne's drawing, Jamie, of the whole building, that little triangle is, to me, the flame. It represents the flame. So you can go outside and see it's actually there. Um, so Luzon drew this, and we decided for the three weeks of the campaign, and I'm hoping this week to get this to all of you, that you actually have something in hand to invite people. We said, let's, take, let's zoom in on a piece of our building. Our building is not all it's about. It's about Jesus, and it's about hearts. Um, but the building is the miracle that God has given us. And if you don't know the miracle story, you need to come and ask me, because it's a really big miracle. It's quite massive. Um, but let's zoom in on parts of it. And the, so the next slide, the first week, 
and we, we, this is very much in progress, so it's still going to change, but where's my heart is the service will be a representation of the gospel and of us as a church aiming to reach people through the supernatural. Prophetic words, healing, what, however the Lord leads, but this is what we'll prepare for. So this is the week that you invite your friend and your colleague who you know that the Lord shows you. This is how he wants to reach them, the people who are like me. <laughs> okay, so the next week, where is my mind? We're looking at, I'm still re researching apologetic speakers. I have someone specific in mind. I'm just going to phone him this week and see if he's the right kind of person. Um, we do have both Rayner and Johan Sleiman are also trained in apologetics, so we'll still confirm. But this is the week when we're going to do a clear representation of the gospel and of who we are as a church intellectually. Okay, so this is for um, Boyd Melu's <laughs> colleagues. Um, this is the week when you invite that person. Okay, and then the third week, where are my people? A big part of what we do as a church is about relationship. It's about connection. It's about community. Things like reconciliation, cultural awareness, um, cultivating awareness, what I really wanted to say. Um, and this is the week that we'll speak about that. I'm still going to ask Kenny maybe to speak. But... <laughs> <laughs> it will really be about um, the relational aspect of church. So this is the week you invite someone that you feel the Lord says this is how he will reach them. So um, you know that's the, the, the story about um, invitational power. So, so if you invite someone, will they come? Okay, and if you invite five people, will they all come or will one come? We all know how this goes. They might or they might not, or you know how successfully you are at inviting people. Each one of us have, has a certain invitational power. And um, really, my heart is that people would encounter Christ and that the Lord would connect the right people for whom this is their home. Not everyone who encounters Christ needs to come to this church, but for some people, this is their church, and they need to come um, for what the Lord wants to do here. And um, so, you know, when, you, when a guy likes a girl, when he goes to a coffee shop, he sees a girl that he likes, and he just gets up from his table, he walks to her and he says, can I take you on a date? I don't know, what, how do you think that's going to go? I think there's a slight chance that it might work. I don't know, it depends on the girl. That would not have worked on me at all. I would think, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so, yes, there's a slight chance, but it's not ideal. Okay, so better opportunity is check when she's at the counter to order something and just be there at the same time, coincidentally. And then, you know, you look for the right kind of conversation and you test the water. You try and find out who her friends are, and then obviously you try, if, if it's possible, you kind of become friends there, if she's a jogger, then you become a jogger and you offer to run with her because the mountains are so unsafe these days. <laughs> this is strategy. Okay. Is there something wrong about the guy doing that? No. If in three months' time, he asks on a date and she says yes and he explains to her this whole process, will she be offended? No. no. Was there anything like... Um, 
a little bit devious about what he was doing. No, it's just <laughs> relational wisdom. And we all know that she also actually knows what he's doing. I mean, most girls do. <laughs> and he's just being a gentleman and giving her an opportunity to see if she wants to go into this thing. And of course, the reality is she might not. Okay, so this is the beginning of June. June, July, August. You have two and a half months for your strategy. Okay, you can't walk up to your colleague the Thursday before the Sunday, blindly, out of nowhere, ask them to come to church. Your colleague who maybe doesn't like church or doesn't know Jesus. So that is the colleague that you want to be inviting. But your strategy cannot be to ask them the week before. Okay, so you need to be asking the Lord now, who does he want you to invite? Do you invite them to all three weeks, or is there a specific week that the Lord shows you this will be the right week for them. You start praying for them now. You start loving them now. Um, I'm not saying do anything manipulative or behind the scenes. Love them genuinely. Pray for them genuinely. And let's trust the Lord with Cape Town and with what it is that he wants to do. So I'm going to finish off by reading for us from Acts, and then I'm going to pray for us. From Acts 2. You can even close your eyes and you can just follow the story. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven, when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can stand with me. Jamie, we can watch the video from the Bible series. And um, today's Pentecost, and I'm going to show you just a, a video of uh, a depiction of the actual Pentecost the day when it really happened. So Pentecost was a feast celebrated by the Jews for a long time, and then there was the actual day that the Holy Spirit came, and then now we're celebrating it, and we have that access to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to watch this video, and then I'm going to pray for us. And if we finish watching the video, if you've never, um, the other one, Jamie, the Bible series one, if you've never um, 
ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Then I'm going to ask you to come to the front. We're going to pray for you. And even if you have been filled by the Holy Spirit, it's an opportunity to ask again. The Bible says, be continuously filled by the Holy Spirit. And it, that chapter ends, it says, and um, many came to salvation. So many people believed on the name of the Lord and they were saved. The, the Holy Spirit is our empowerment to be witnesses. And we have this amazing opportunity coming up with that church campaign um, that's kind of set out for us to invite people to be witnesses. You have to start being the witness now already for then. Um, but this, it's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that allows us to be witnesses. And that's what we can ask for today. Let's watch the video and then after that I'll pray for us.